In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Kunans. Okay, people, get your geek on. everybody, it's September 10th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 10 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you deep from within a pan of chocolate cake. We are making the fluffy fudge pillows and pulling the frosting over us and we're nestling into a bed of chocolate cake. Om nom nom. Yes. Into the sugar coma. Yes. Because, oh, it's been a long day. And we're kind of tired, so we might be kind of loopy. This yeah. Month. Like, you'll really notice a difference. Bring on the Cabana Boys with the, you know, foot rubs. And the Mai Tais. So, let's get to it while the Cabana Boys are setting up. Adventures in Knitting. Maggie, you go first. Okie dokie. The Celtic Stole. I am on the final repeat. Holy hail, oh my god, I can finally see the end of... I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I really can't now, granted. Go towards the light, Maggie. Yeah, it might be an oncoming train, but I'm going for light. I'm going for the end of the tunnel here. I can just start seeing it now. And if I keep going at the pace that I'm going, I should be doing the border at the end by this time next week. Woo! I may trip and fall, you know, a couple of days (laughs) from now and say, Oh, the heck with it! I can't do this anymore! Which would be really ridiculous, but yeah, when I get to about 80% done with a project, I become somewhat obsessive with it. I have got to finish it! I am so close! I have got to finish it! (laughs) The precious! The precious must be finished! And, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I am on the last repeat of the Celtic Stole. Happy hooray. Speaking of happy, the happy socks of peace transformation got some knitting time on the past few days. They sort of stalled a little bit because I think I've told you before, I don't normally knit from the toe up and just wing it because I sort of need a Karen there to remind me how to do a heel when I do <laughs> I it like that. I am your toe up Sherpa. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why because I've, I've had you show me this heel a couple of times and each time I finish it and I go, wow, that was easy. Why couldn't I remember that? And then it's something like six months before I try to knit the next toe-up sock again. Yeah, that's the thing. You need to do it a few times. And then I have to ask you again, so... And I told you today, I had to look it up, like, four or five times the first times I did it. So, anyways, the Happy Socks of Peace Transformation, the first sock, has its heel, and I am now working on the very low end of the leg, going up. Yay! And it is a fun knit. So, yeah, it's, it's nice, mindless... Happy stuff. Okay, now, while the Cabana Boys are painting my toenails, what are you doing? Well, I have finished the Nameless Brainless Socks. Squee! I has two, and I actually wove in the ends today. I was actually thinking of wearing them today, but it turned out to be fairly warm, and even the store-bought socks I am wearing at the moment were, were rather warm. Yeah, it, so. was, it was warm. It's like, uh, no. We had fall all frickin' week, and it was yeah. beautiful. Oh, it was so nice and cool and crisp. And then you woke up Friday to... Sizzling skin. Yeah. And I mean it was only it was only a humid X of twenty nine degrees. 
the other day, but it's still 29 Celsius, I should say. But, you know, it was still a good 10 degrees warmer than it had been the rest of the week. Oh, yeah. And the rest of the week was just so nice and fallish, and yeah. I just wanted to curl up in front of the fireplace and knit with my cat near my feet and a cup of tea. And you just can't imagine saying that now with the weather that we had outside for the yeah. last 24 hours. Thankfully, the next couple days it's supposed to go back down again. But yes, yeah, so I wore these socks, and hopefully I will get to wear them soon. I cannot wait. Now, I... are those knit on 2.25s or 2s? You ask the hard questions. Of course uh, I did. 2.25s, I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure they are. And this is, I said before, this is the yarn that I dyed myself. And they're nice and squishy. And when I get to the top of this sock, you're going to have to show me how to do that stretchy bind-off. Yeah, I used Jenny's, it's called Jenny's Stretchy Bind-Off. It was in Knitty a few issues ago, maybe deep fall last year. Don't quote me on that. I will link it in the show notes. Or you can go to knitty.com and just search for Stretchy Bind-Off. Or even just Google Jenny's Stretchy Bind-Off and you'll find it. But it makes a really nice bound-off edge because it's really, obviously it's really stretchy as you can tell from the name. But it's not, some some bind-offs when you're doing them at the top of the cuff, they sort of flare outward. So the cuff flares outward. This one, because the way that you do it, and it's done using yarn overs, or yarn wrapped around the needle in between stitches, it sort of angles back and forth between the knits and the purls. Yeah. So that it nicely accordions together, and it doesn't flare out, while still being sufficiently stretchy to fit over my calves. That is such a cool pattern. I love that. I love the little cable. Yay! So that's done. Like I said, I just finished these today. I finished the ribbing yesterday, so... Karen is yawning, and I'm playing I haven't had a chance to cast on something else just yet, though there have been lots of things on my mind. Look, it's a pregnant sock puppet. <laughs> She's got her hand in the sock and the heel's just sort of bumping out. out. <laughs> All right, we're looping. Yes. Okay. Somebody is overtired. But yes, yeah, so I haven't had a chance to start anything else. I have been working on a couple hexapuffs the last couple days, but mostly this week I was just working on the socks like crazy trying to get them done. Yay! Um, but, of course, my ideas about what I want to cast on might have changed a bit because today was the Kitchener Waterloo Knitters Fair. Squee! And we got swag. Yes, we did. Yeah, I should back up and mention, we had mentioned on the previous podcast that we were hoping to have stickers and we would have t-shirts. Well, it turned out Maggie's t-shirt shipped first. Then the sticker shipped because everything shipped separately. Then my shirt shipped. Guess what was the only thing to have arrived in time for today? Karen's shirt. My shirt. Yeah. Stickers, no dice. Maggie's shirt, no dice. Luckily you were able to improvise one. Yeah, we improvised one with a... Fortunately, somebody we knew just suddenly popped up yesterday and said, Hey, look at this cool thing I got. We can make t-shirts. And I'm like, uh, can I give it a try? <laughs> <laughs> Please? Like right now? But fortunately, Karen's shirt, we can see that the quality is really good. Yeah. It looks awesome. It gives you hope for when your shirt arrives. Yeah. Probably Monday. Just yeah. because the universe likes to do that. It'll probably arrive with snow on it and say delivered to Mr. Tumnus by accident. Rerouted from Narnia. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so we headed into Kitchener today with a friend of ours, Michelle, who thanks Thank you, Michelle, for driving us. Thank you! Makes it made it so much easier to get in and out of Kitchener. Yeah. And got us there fairly early, so we were able to hit the, at least do a, a huge circuit of the place. Yes, because as I understand it, this is my first time to the fair, but as I understand it, this is the first time they've opened up both ballrooms at the Last year center. it was, it was both, oh, okay. both rooms. I think last year was the first time. 
And I think this year they definitely had things, especially in one room, they had things more nicely spread out mm. than they did last year. So I think they've they've tweaked the space. And they had a lot of vendors. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is fairly large. They have like, I think they said there was 35,000 square feet of space. Wow. And they have 68 vendors at the show this year. That's not bad. Which is really nice. And I mean, other than a couple, like I know there was, there's one or two places that specialized in buttons. There's one place that had a lot of beads. But other than that, it's all yarn stores or independent farms. Or spinning supplies. Yeah, or spinning supplies. Books. Or, yeah, there's the Needle Arts Bookshop, which has all kinds of great books. So it's basically you walk in the door, and all of a sudden there is all this yarn in front of you. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. And you don't know where to go first. (laughs) Which is why you do the circuit. So much pretty, which is why I usually try and do a circuit. Yeah. Before I buy anything. And there was a lot of crazy going on in the morning when Mm -hmm. we first got there. There was a lot of booths that were like, okay, it's a good thing we're doing a circuit because mostly doing a circuit because there's no way we can get into this booth. Like this, this is literally training for linebackers. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Uh, excuse me. Hi. Moving. Coming through. There was somebody just walked by and like, I will come back later. And there was some, like I'm looking through the list now. It's like, oh wait, there was that place that we never, I never really got back to. Oh wait, there was that place I never really got back to. Oh, well I have their names and I know what they are. Yep. Chances are I've always already visited their websites quite a few times and drooled. Not ordered, but drooled. But yes, so we arrived fairly early this morning and we got in there. And actually, one of the fairly first things we did, we only went to a couple stores before we visited the Shall We Knit booth. And they had this beautiful display of all these wonderful lacy shawls and things. <laughs> and you were, I think you were commenting on it and the person, there was a person standing next to it and she's like, oh yes, it's a bit of a trunk show. And uh, we turn around and um, I, I, I Excuse me, are you Anne Hansen? Why, yes, I am. <laughs> we're, I think, all of I us are my, a little. Ooh, oh my wow. God, we're not worthy. <laughs> we're not worthy. We're scum. We suck. Yeah, I think literally the words out of my mouth were, "Oh my God, you're Anne Hansen." Yeah, I love your stuff. So yeah, she was there, and it was she was really nice to she talk to. She was really to. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And she was explaining like all the different stuff about her shawls and talking to us about the, the sample she had. I know Michelle had like the yarn and the pattern for one of her. Yeah, she made recommendations and uh, gave comments about the yarns for each of the. I mean, she must have a fantastic memory for all of the oh, yeah. yarns. And well, imagine when, well, when you create all this stuff. You are spending quality time with it. A lot of quality time. And when you're doing the designing, too, because that's even more time, really. Finding the right yarn and finding the right stitch patterns and making it work together. And speaking of people that we saw at the Knitter's Fair, we saw Glenna C. Yep. She of the Viper Socks. Big, beautiful purple shawl. Yeah, it was her peacock feather stole. I didn't realize, or peacock feather shawl, I should say. I didn't realize it until later, because, you know, I follow her on Twitter, and... You know, read her blog and stuff. And I didn't even realize it when she was wearing it that this is the peacock feather shawl that she had been working on and tweeting about for quite a while. But yeah, so, hi, Glenna, in case you're listening. Because <laughs> you have our card now. But yes, we got to talk to Glenna for a few minutes, and she and I were talking about the Viper Pilot socks for a minute, and... 
Because <laughs> she knows Michelle. Yeah. Michelle happens to know a lot of people in the knitting blogosphere. And we're just lucky enough to know Michelle. Yeah. But yeah, so, and thought it was wonderful. And then it was wander, wander, wander through all the yarn stores. Yeah. So much pretty stuff. Oh my God. And I mentioned later, when we were almost done our little circuit around both rooms, that, you know, it's probably a good thing, at least in for me, that we were doing the whole circuit around and I wasn't trying, I was going to not buy anything until I had finished. And I actually managed to do it because there was a lot of stuff that yeah, I really liked. There was a lot of good quality stuff. So part of me was hoping that other people would buy the stuff that I really liked the first time around. And so when I went back, I'd be like, oh, okay, it's not here. Okay, I'll just have to go get something else. That decision has been made for yeah, you. That and decision been taken made, out no, of your hands. There were bags by zigzag stitches. Uh-huh. And there were some really cute ones with these little sheep that were knitting. And I'm like, I really like that. But when I went back, the ones that I had looked at specifically weren't there anymore. So I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, save it for some other time. Save it for a couple months down the road or something and for buy off the internet. Post-Christmas knitting, after after you get gift cards and gift certificates <laughs> to all the knitting stores online. Yes. And then while we were doing our circuit, of course, in the second room that we went into, we also got to meet Kim from Indigo Dragonfly Yarns. Hi, we Kim! We mentioned on the first podcast. Yeah. Hi, Kim! And who apparently, we have gotten people to go to her store. Score! It's like, Yes! <laughs> People are actually listening. And following. And following our directions. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do tonight, Karen? The same thing we do every night, Maggie. <laughs> Try and to take, take over, over the, the world. world. <laughs> we should start putting subliminal messages in the podcast. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and of course we spent forever at Kim's booth because we had to look through it like every skein that she had. Yeah. And giggle over all the names. Like, it's fantastic. J- just standing there and just have the names thrown at you is just fantastic. Say nothing itself yeah. with the art. Every couple God. seconds. Like, oh, Maggie, 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 look at this one. Karen, look at this one. Michelle, look at this one. You gotta read this one. You gotta read this one. And meanwhile, there's like 10 people packed into oh this my tiny gosh. little booth. Her little booth. It was always like saturated with Oh, yeah, letters. it was always packed with people. And you had this sort of like little conveyor belt moving around. Well, not literally a conveyor belt, but this little shuffling pattern that was. Yeah, which kept getting interrupted because, of course, people were trying to line up to pay, and other people were like, I want to see the yarn. I want to see the yarn. Now I want to see the yarn over there. And I want to see the yarn over here, and now I'm going to hold them all up together, and now I want to show them to somebody. One really cute thing that she has at her stall is that she's now selling buttons Mm -hmm. that have the background of her colorways, and then the text on top of it are the colorway names. Yeah. Like, you've got peanut butter in my drought. Or you punch the highlights right out of her hair. Or Captain Tight Pants. And we got to pick up and see the Firefly socks. Yeah, so, so we had, had samples there. Yeah. So we, Glenna's Firefly socks, we actually got to see those. And they are pretty. They oh, are yes. so, so pretty. Cue... Again, something else in my queue. And of course, there were quite a few people that actually noticed the shirts. And were like, oh my god, where'd you get those shirts? It's like, we have an online store. Yeah, we had some people come up and say, hey, neat shirts. Where'd you get them? What booth are they at? It's like, like um, not here. Uh, they're ours. We have a podcast. <laughs> here, take one of our cards. So if you saw us and you Googled us or if you got one of our cards and you're listening, hey guys, we are glad to have you here. And you were giving us the giggles the entire day where it was like, oh my god, people are actually taking our cards. There were, there were were a lot of geeky t-shirts out there. Oh, yeah. That was great. One of the best people that we met. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> it was pretty cool. We were in the line for lunch, and all of a sudden I saw someone sort of waving to me, and she pointed to, gestured to, like, where the logo would be on her shirt, and then gave me a thumbs up. And I'm like, oh my god, you listen? She's like, <laughs> yes! I'm like, oh my god, we 
actually have a listener here. Sorry about the whole sticker thing. Yeah. We had to explain. But we actually got to meet a listener. Dolores and her husband, who came all the way from Michigan. Which is quite a far way to come. Yeah. So kudos to the husband also for making the trip with her. Yes. Kudos to your commitment for coming all this way for Inditor's Fair. Kudos to the to your husband for accompanying you all this way. And thank you for listening. And thank you for saying hi. Yeah. It, it totally made our day. I mean, even though we do have, like, people commenting on the Ravelry group and on the boards and, you know, watching the Twitter feed and stuff, it's somehow different when you actually meet a person in real life <laughs> who listens to your show. We may have high-fived each other in line. <laughs> Not confirming that. <laughs> so what did you find at the fair that has um, made its way into your want-to-knit arena? Well, I just dumped the entire thing on the couch next to me. Is there anything happier than just dumping brand new yarn out Big to see. Big pile of yarn! Well, as I mentioned last week, there are a couple things I was specifically looking for. One of which was some black fingering weight, th- about 150 grams of black fingering weight, and 50 grams of white fingering weight, so that I could do the Severus socks and mitts. <laughs> and I got some of that from Shellridge Farm, which is, I believe, where I, I think I mentioned them last week when I said I was probably going to get it from their booth. Mainly because, I mean, there's a few other places that had black yarn. I know Kim had some semi-solid black yarn. Yeah. But the main thing is that I needed 150 grams. Mm-hmm. And they have their Soft Touch Ultra, which comes in 50 gram skeins. And I kind of want to cast these on, like, right now. <laughs> like, tomorrow. And I think the only reason she hasn't cast them on now is because she doesn't have the needles. Yeah, I don't have the needles on me, and I don't have the pattern. And then the other thing that I really wanted to look for was I wanted to get some Jameson's Shetland Spindrift, which is two-ply, or often called jumper weight. It's basically a fingering weight yarn from the Shetland Isles. And I knew that I'd be able to get it there, and not only be able to get there, be able to have a ton of different colors that I'd be able to hold together and because see how they look together. Because this is for the Fair Isle that Yeah, this is looking. for the Fair Isle scarf that right. I want to do. And I knew that there was a store called Camilla Valley Farm, that carries it, and they're always at the Frolic. I've seen them before at the fair, so I knew they would have tons there, and they did not disappoint. I got, well, I managed to narrow it down to eight balls of yarn. At one point, I had like 11 or 12 in my hands, and I was like, I really want to get more variety, because basically at this point, I've decided I'm probably going to do a sampler scarf, Mm -hmm. just because that way I can try all sorts of different color combinations. I can, basically, it's a way to figure this out by doing Yeah, so you figure it out as you go, and there's essentially nothing wrong. So it looks like you've got three muted pink tones. Something pale, something medium, and something a little bit more deep. Yeah. Three blue tones that are the same. Grayish blue tones. Oops. And then a gray... And is that black or is that a dark, dark gray? It's a charcoal gray. It's a charcoal. It's sort of a, the gray is sort of medium gray and then I have a charcoal gray. So I was tempted to get more because that way I would have more colors to play with and stuff. But, you know, it's also just, you know, doing the math and being like, maybe I should put some of these back. Because, oh dear, the credit card bill. This is going to be interesting. Plus because I also found at Camilla Valley Farms, they had books as well. And one of the ones I got or actually the book I got, I didn't get any of the books, is called Traditional Fair Isle Knitting by Sheila McGregor. And it's a Dover 
Publications book. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of information on how Fair Isle knitting is done, lots of pictures, a lot of history about it. But it also has, like, half the book is basically patterns? stitch patterns. Cool. So Not just can, garment patterns, but stitch patterns. You can pick your own. Yeah, so there's a huge library of stitch patterns, which if I'm going to do a sampler... Makes sense. Makes sense to have yes. a lot of stitch patterns to flip through and be like, oh, I think I'll try that one. Or, oh, I think I'll just try that one. So that's the stuff I wanted. I had specific projects in mind I really was going to get this time by hook or by crook. Because I need this yarn and it's best to get it there. And then, of course, there's the want yarn. And part of the reason I was putting back some of the balls of Feral yarn was because, uh, I still I want to get a couple things. And if I spend it all here, I will really feel guilty if I spend more money. So basically... the opportunity cost problem. Yes. Of course going to the fair and with Indigo Dragonfly there I have to look through her stuff. Well partly because as I mentioned to Michelle with a number of other places like there was some really nice Madeline Tosh that sock that I would really have liked to get but I know I can get it from the same sellers later like the Needle Emporium in Ancaster had some a lot of really nice Madeline Tosh sock. But I can go to the Needle Emporium using the Go Bus. So it's not hard for me to get there. And yarns like Madeline Tosh, they have a set sort of color range. Whereas Kim from Indigo Dragonfly, she posts yarn fairly frequently, but it's not like she has 15 colorways that she always has up. You know, you never know which ones are going to be in the next. It's very freeform. Yeah. Sometimes she'll have certain colors and she won't have other ones. You'll have to wait a little while for other ones. And, you know, sometimes she'll have, she'll update and she'll have the color you want, but it's on like a lace or something like that. And, you know, I might want to just stick with a sock or something. So with the bit of cash that I had left, I decided to hit her booth and I got this really cute little project bag because I need another project bag like I need another, like I need another hole in my head. This one's really cute. So I got a little project bag that she had with a little bowl of yarn scaling the summit. Yeah. The sock summit. The first one of which is K2, but on bump. And I also got a skein of merino nylon sock in the squid vicious colorway, which is this lovely collection of blues and teals and greens and gorgeousness. If you couldn't tell, Karen's favorite color is teal. It draws her like a moth to a flame. It's like, ooh, teal. It's like the dog in Up. (laughs) Squirrel! Teal! We walk into a booth and teal! Actually, yeah, she did do that. She's like, ooh, I think I see some teal over there. And then, (laughs) zoom! She's off. And then speaking of those buttons that Kim had with her colorway names on them, I got Curse Your Sudden But Inevitable Betrayal. Because it's a Firefly reference and I love Firefly. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what I bought. Which is a good thing because I stuck to pretty much what I intended to get. And then I also knew I was probably going to get like one or two other little things. So I did not go crazy. What did you get, Maggie? Well, funny you should mention Camilla Valley Farm. Because something I actually got for me. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I've got a sweater's worth of Cascade. Ooh. This is Cascade 220, worsted weight, and they had a little bit of a sale going on, and one thing I love, and basically just suckers me in, the same way that Teal does for Karen, (laughs) if you set up your display and it's color arranged, I will stand in front of it with big anime eyes, (laughs) and I'll just have sparkles going on around my head. That's pretty much where I'll be standing until... The pillars of the earth come crumbling down. (laughs) And, you know, an archangel with a trumpet comes and taps me on the shoulder and says, Dude, you know, we have to move along. We've got (laughs) got things to do. You're holding up the apocalypse. Please move along. Yeah, so... I've got, and the other thing is, I love color. Being in the 
art and design business. I absolutely adore color. Don't ask me to choose a favorite one. The thing is that I'm terrible about picking colors out <laughs> for what I am to wear. Because I'll find a color and go, oh my god, that is the most absolute brilliant shade of, you know, pick a color, blue. And I'll put it on, and according to everybody else, I will look like a corpse because I look dead in it. <laughs> But to me, the color is just so absolutely gorgeous. There's a difference between picking out a beautiful color and picking out a beautiful color to wear. Yeah. I can do one, not the other. This is why I have friends with me. And I literally plaster myself against the yarn cubbies and say, okay, what's my color? And we start pulling things out. A number of colors. So Karen and Michelle started pulling out skeins and hold them up to my face and go, okay, this one's good, this one's good, this one... No, never mind, not this one. This one, this one, this one, and everybody seemed to like this one color of blue. And, of course, being Cascade, it's got a very dramatic colorway name called 9487. But it has been dubbed French blue. I'm sure I could find... I can even elaborate on that. French damask blue, which everybody has seemed to like. And I like it, so it's not like I'm wearing this and going to grit my teeth through it. It's a nice bright blue, not quite as dark as a cobalt, but the same sort of intensity. Yeah. So I think this is going to be fun, and I've been mulling around patterns in my head, and I think the Evan Dim is the forerunner for this. That was in the most recent Twist Collective, right? Yes. Okay. So there is that, and I got my very first Madeline Tosh. Ooh. My very, very first. And I have Michelle to thank for this blossoming addiction. Michelle is a Madeline Tosh pusher. Try it. Try it. You'll really like it. It's so nice. <laughs> You'll really like it. And, um, yeah, it is. I was going to make Bella knits for my sister-in-law, and I was wandering around the fair with an eye for the bulky yarn that was required. And nothing really jumped out at me. But then I saw this... And something about it said Sarah. And the angel sang. And this would be my first chance to knit with Tosh. So it's sort of like, it's a little something for her and a little something for me. I get the experience of knitting with the Tosh to see how much I like it. And she gets a beautiful garment or accessory. Now, this is worsted weight Tosh. So it's not the right gauge for the Bella Mittens. But I did a quick look up on Ravelry. And I think... This is going to change to the Grey Haven Cowl. And Which I is think, really pretty. I think this would be really nice. The Tosh I got is the color Logwood. It's 100% merino, 210 yards of logwood. And it is this silvery, purple, gray, muted, misty collection. It's not a vibrant purple. I, I really want to call it some sort of purple silver. And her colors usually have that wonderful tonality yeah. to them. This sort of watercolory tonal shift to them. And I got this from the Needle Emporium. Yeah. Because I actually don't get to Ancaster very much. So, yeah. tis unfortunate. But I don't get there too much, but... Cause it depends on my schedule and stuff, but it's at least one of the places I can get to by the go bus. Yeah. And then public transit. Well, be careful, you know, now that I know that, you know, hey, when's the next time you're going to Ancaster? Can you pick up some more Tosh for me? More yeah. likely I will try to enable you to go on a Saturday or something when I actually have one off. Yeah, I know. Dude, we should so go! And then I enable enable you when we, when we get there. <laughs> so yeah, that is what I got. And I'm very happy with my purchases. My Christmas knitting materials are now all bought and collected. And I have a project waiting in the wings for me for after December when all of the frenzy is over and it's still cold enough that it's good incentive to knit a sweater. I don't know how fast I'll be able to knit the Evan Dim, but hey, you know, it's Canada. 
It doesn't get warm again until... May. You can still wear sweaters till May. It was actually earlier this week that I realized, really, there's only about three and a half months out of the year that I can't wear hand-knit socks, because usually I can still wear them through at least part of May, if not most of May. June, July, August, and maybe the first half of September. I can't wear hand-knit socks. Other than that, wool is on my feet. So that was... I, th- I think that was a very successful day. I know Michelle... Oh, yeah. Michelle got this enormous, I like your description, cinnamon bun. Yeah, it looks like a cinnamon bun. Of roving from... I can't remember. I remember the, the sheep that it came from itself is a Blueface Lester Shetland cross. Yeah. And she had, like, this gigantic bag of roving, and apparently it had been carded or processed in a way so that it went from light to dark all the, like all the way through. It really, just looking down into the bag, it looks like a cinnamon roll, and you just want to put your hand in, and it's just soft. And when you do, it's like a pillow. It's so soft. But yeah, so today was actually a very successful day. It was a really good day. It was a really yeah. fun day. We got to meet lots of awesome people. We got to see lots of lovely yarn. <laughs> kind of overwhelming at times. So By the end of the day, you're like, oh my god, say, I am so tired. Say you had another $30, what would you go back and get? Ask the hard questions. Um, there's a couple of booths I would like to have taken another look at, especially because we saw them in the morning, and then by the time in the afternoon when I was going to buy stuff, it's sort of like, okay, these are the things that I really have to get, and by that time it was like, okay, I really only have money for like one more thing. Yeah. So, yeah, this one's the priority. Um, I'd like to take another look at the Waterloo Wools booth, and the Ocean Wind Knits booth, and then the Painted Sheet booth, and I'm just I just realized I am totally screwing myself when it comes to show notes. I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to list all these things now. I'm going to link all these things. Damn it. Um, but yeah, there was those booths that I would have liked to stop and take more of a look at. But then some of those, I've already seen them at other shows. I have visited their websites. So really they are, you know, in the list of places, you know, in the next, I don't know, year, couple months, at least until April when <laughs> the Knitter's Frolic occurs in Toronto. They're places I could, you know, look at and be like, I think I'll order from you. What about you? I would go back to Indigo Dragonfly mm-hmm. because I don't think you can ever have enough Indigo Dragonfly sock yarn. <laughs> or I would go and get a Zauber Ball. Ooh, yes. Because I haven't ball knit slot. with them yet and, well, there's a lot of stuff I haven't knit with yet and I'm moving I'm moving through the list but <laughs> Zauber Ball is really cool. If you haven't seen them, it's yarn wound already into a ball for you and it will, as you knit the sock, progress in color and sometimes in pattern because sometimes it goes from a solid to a heathered and then to another solid or to another Mm -hmm. heathered and it transfers through multiple color ranges to make literally rainbow or gradated socks of Mm -hmm. various shades and they look really snazzy. I think. Yeah. And one of the things about going to shows like this is it helps to have a very specific idea of what your priorities are. Which is why it was good to do a swoop around and then go and sit down for lunch. Yeah. So you have food in your stomach, you have energy, you have... Time for the thoughts to marinate in your brain. What is your priority? And then what is the luxury purchase? Yeah. And what is your priority? And for you to decide what your priority is away from the temptation. Yeah. Because when you are walking around and you see really pretty yarn, you have a temptation to be like, oh my god, I have to have this. That is my priority. And yeah. so is that one. What tends one. to be in front of you tends to have more sway. Yeah. It helps to back away. So if you are going to some sort of fair, especially if it's your first time and you are overwhelmed, I would suggest, like, do if you can, do a loop around the whole thing. Yep. 
See depending everything. on the size. See as much as you can, and then take a step back and decide, okay, what are the things that I saw that I really loved and that I really want to have now that, now that I have thought about it? And, it's been, and it would help, too, beforehand to decide if there's anything really specific that you're like, okay, I really have to look for the yarn for that here. Don't do it on an empty stomach, either. Oh, God. You'll just get cranky and... Tired, and you start doing the death march around the place. And, and then dragging. you miss stuff, and then either you buy too much, and you regret it later, or you buy too little, and you say, why did I miss that? So, yeah. Go in fortified. Yeah. Plan your attack. It's like battle. You have to plan your attack beforehand. Otherwise, bad things happen. Bad things to your credit card. Yeah. Now, because it's been a long day, and because we've kind of been like, eee, dinner's fair the entire week, we don't have a lot of geek squee, so we have a little geek squee, and we also have some previous requests yep. from people. So, the geek squee, I am pimping out a very good friend of mine back from university days that has gotten a little bit of notice on the geek internet scope. James Stowe is a professional illustrator. I mean, he's done work for White Wolf, which is all of the World of Darkness stuff in Atlanta and various other companies around the United States. He asked his son, okay, it's your birthday party, what do you want it to be? And his eight-year-old son said, I want you to do a tabletop D&D session with my friends. And so he did. Now come on, that's a cool geek dad. And a cool geek kid, too. Yeah. So, the thing is though, how do you explain all of the D&D formulas to an eight-year-old? I mean, I'll be honest, I, re- I had to have a lot of help when I was originally playing D&D. What the heck am I doing? What am I rolling? What do I want to get it under? Oh, crap. And not even to mention, like, just before you can even start doing that, you have to create your character. And the whole which process. Which involves a lot of rolling and a lot of stuff. I remember, you know, when we briefly did the one time we did some D&D, you know, just creating the character took like... It's a birthing process. 45 minutes, and it's like figuring out all this math stuff, and I can see where eight-year-old kid would be like, oh, no, I'm walking away, thanks very much. This is boring. When do we get to kill orcs? Yeah, but what Stowe did was he made pre-made character sheets that are attractive, and at least to eight-year-old's eyes, definitely to my eyes, and he did a little illustration, and yeah, okay, they're sort of pre-made, but you know, you hand it off to an eight-year-old and say, "Here, you're a druid. This is what you can do." And the druid and and the boy looks at it and goes, "Cool, I can do this, this, and this. Let's go kill stuff." Yeah, it gets right into the the active part yeah. of the game, and it, he has stats for them all. He has their stats and their merits, and you know, all of the the benefits. You have oak skin, and once a day you can do this, and and, yeah. and it turned into a real success. All of the kids loved it. So Stowe, being the geek dad that he is, blogged about this, and it got a little bit of attention. So if you want to read about one of the reviews of the PDFs that he is putting up for people, you can go to thegeekyhostess.com, and we'll link it in the show notes. And at this point in time, I know that he is... Well, granted, he only had boys over, you know, because eight-year-old party, you're only inviting, what, about six friends? They're probably all going to be boys. Yeah. But he's now also doing the girls... And I know that he's got a paladin, a bard, and a necromancer. Awesome. Kick ass. <laughs> and I saw the pictures, and one of them is definitely looks drowish. Anyway, for anybody who thinks that kids would not be interested in Dungeons and Dragons or sci-fi fantasy and, you know, wand and sword waving, eight-year-old birthday party, they had a ball. Dad had a ball. Dad is now an internet sensation. He was featured on thinkgeek.com's random awesome things. And really, the character sheets, like, even though they're designed for kids and they have the, the illustrations of the character and stuff like that, 
you know, you can even use them with adults, too, who, if you just want to get someone introduced to the game... Just used to the idea. Yeah, and get used to the idea, like, then you have all that pre-made stuff, and, like, okay, yeah, if they really like it, they can make a character very easily after that. But at least, again, it gets over the whole character creation This part. is your intro to D&D. Which, for someone who has, who has never played the game before, they might not be as into as someone who has played the game before and has therefore, you know, really got an idea of what yeah. they want to put in their character, that sort of thing. Yeah. Moving from that into some requests that we've had on the Ravelry thread. Yeah, and in case you don't know, on our Ravelry group there is a thread for give us suggestions! And occasionally we will be bringing some of these out. One of the suggestions we had, or one of the things that people wanted to know, are things like our top five movies. Which, just blanket top five movies? Oh yeah. That's really hard. Like, that could be... I would waffle for an entire hour just trying to make up that list. I actually tried to pull my husband away from the computer and have him help me make this list and we ran into a lot of we ran into a lot of uh, roadblocks going well if if I pick that one then this one's parallel to it and then that spawns off a whole nother branch on that end so we were thinking we would break it down into a couple categories so this time how we thought we'd talk about five movies or just a number of movies that we like to watch when we are home alone there is no one around we can be as dorky as we want yeah okay well one going to make a guess that this is on your list as well. Yes. Wally. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I can squeal without anyone seeing me how crazy I get over that cute little robot. Yeah, Wally's pretty damn awesome. Whenever my son wants to watch a movie, I'll try to nudge him subtly and say, Hey, do you want to watch Wally? And normally he'll stop and go, Yeah, Wally. I'm like, good, good answer. Let's watch Wally. Okay, you, your turn. Okay, probably one of my biggest ones is, not surprisingly, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. the Disney version. Mainly because, like, if I'm home alone, then I can sing along at the top of my lungs with gestures and emoting and basically just let it all out. You know when that song came out, I actually played it in my room as a as a teenager, and I did the whole Lumiere's stance and posing and, you know, for Be Our yes. Guest, oh man, I was totally prancing around my bedroom in front of the mirror doing that. Yeah, and really now, uh, not much better. <laughs> when I first got the DVD after not watching it for years, one of the first things I did is I checked out the extras right. on the disc, and one of them is a sort of making of thing, and I was watching the extras, And I caught myself singing along to the song in the background, (laughs) which was something there. I had started singing along and didn't even realize I was singing along or what song it was until I was partway through it. And it was playing in the background while they're talking about, like, without the lyrics, just the music, and I'm singing along to it. It's like, yeah, I still remember all these songs, even though it's been, like, ten years since I watched this movie, and I'm a big dork, but I don't care, because <laughs> I love this movie. Okay, another one I will watch is Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. I actually really like the whole genre and the costuming and the time period and the um, the witty conversation going back and forth. I really like, I, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my next one, I'm actually going to lump a couple movies into this, because basically they, I'll switch out which ones I'm watching, but it's basically the same reason. We probably joked on this podcast before that 
I really like Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> and he's been in some fairly crappy movies. And I have a few, like, they're not, like, seriously crappy, but, you know, they're not the greatest movies. So mainly, if I'm home alone and no one else is around, I'll watch a couple of Kiefer Sutherland's movies, like The Sentinel, the one he did with Michael Douglas a few years ago, or a couple other ones. Basically just because I can enjoy it without... It's you a know, feeling movie. like, oh my god, someone else is watching me watch this movie, which is not that great. And I can just be like, oh, hello, Mr. Sutherland. <laughs> I'll just be over here turning into a puddle of goo. Another one of mine is Sense and Sensibility. Well, you live with husband and son, so yeah. yes, I can see why. With me, it's more like watch it with mom and then spend half of it dying laughing because we're not making fun of it, but we're sort of cracking jokes because of other things that the stars have been in. Because <laughs> because Snape is... It's Snape and Rose from Titanic. Yeah. Which in itself is... And a... Professor Trelawney. Which and, is a... Yeah, which is And Madame Pomfrey. Oh, God. Oh, God. And Dolores Umbridge! Yep, that's true. <laughs> and House. Oh, sweet Jesus, yes. <laughs> See, when I first saw that, I remembered Hugh Laurie from actually Black Adder. And I remember thinking, oh god, it, it's the stupid prince playing, you know, this upstanding British gentleman. And then it goes from the British gentleman to, oh my god, he's a kick-ass doctor. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a serious, sarcastic jerk, but he's a kick-ass doctor. And he has an American accent. What the heck is with that? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> but yeah, so I can see how that would be one where you'd watch it with no one else around because it's a girl movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other specific ones and can't really remember specific titles right now. There are is another huge category of basically like a lot of the, the, some of the sci more sci-fi sort of yeah. stuff like Firefly, Serenity, Bells, or Galactica, that sort of thing. That generally I'll do when my mom's not around because she's not a sci-fi fan. <laughs> so I always feel sort of awkward watching stuff on the TV downstairs when mom's around. There And then there's, like I said, there's other things like the sci-fi one, like there's a really cool TV show that's on. But I'm trying to think of more stuff that is guilty pleasures. Yeah, I know. Akin to singing along with Beauty and the Beast. Probably the other one that it would be like the more recent Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Movie. That one for the wow. same reason where I will sing along to Beautiful. It, even the bits that are way out of my vocal range. Beautiful. <laughs> and all the parts, male, female, whatever. Yeah. But I think the musicals and the, yeah. the Kiefer Sutherlands are the guilty I, pleasures. I, do, I will admit, I do really <laughs> dig the musicals. So that's not quite five, but then it's also a fairly specific list. But it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a stash. And we'll probably come back and revisit this. Yeah, every with a couple other a sort of lists. I can think of a couple categories. Yeah, guilty pleasures, mm -hmm. then we've got the music musical list, and then there's the TV show list. Yeah. And then the... Oh, God. And then there's, you know, the go-to movies when you really can't think of something specific you want to watch, you just want to watch something. And then one other request we had was someone who's looking for tips and things on how to knit faster. There's not a heck of a lot I'll probably be able to say on the podcast, mainly because it's probably easier for you to watch videos of this. So I will link to a whole bunch of YouTube videos. Personally, a lot of people say I knit fast, so my I'll verify thing, that. Yep, she knits um, fast. There are a couple little techniques that can help. One is if you tends to be if you hold your needles overhand like say if you're riding a bike the way you grasp the handles if that's kind of the way that you hold your needles with your fingers curled over the needles and your thumbs sort of along the needles that tends to be faster than say if you hold it like a pencil and part of the reason for that is back in the Victorian era or even a little before that middle and upper class women were taught to hold the needles like a pencil because it looked daintier yeah and they weren't worried about making things faster 
fast. They were just making pretty things. Right. Or they were making things for donation. It was a But very... it wasn't really, it wasn't a production knitting sort of thing. Right. It was a common woman who had her hands on top of her knitting needles. Yeah, because she had to do production knitting, so she needed to be able to move her fingers a lot more to move stitches. I've seen a lot of people who have the yar- the needles over their fingers, or like a pencil, mm-hmm. and they do knit quite, some of them do knit quite fast, because the main thing is practice. Yeah, it's what you've grown accustomed to feeling. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's the feel of the needles and the yarn, and the more that you do it, the more comfortable you are with it, and the more you trust your own fingers. Yeah, and I mean, one of the other things that can improve your speed is if you hold the yarn in your left hand and you pick, it's called picking as opposed to holding it in your yarn, the yarn in your right hand and throwing yeah. around the needle. Because basically, if you hold the yarn in your left hand, you can use the right needle to just scoop it up. I hold my yarn in my right hand because it's more comfortable for me, but I can still knit quite fast because of practice. Yeah. So even if you use certain techniques that technically shouldn't help you be a faster knitter, practice is the main thing. You find your hands sort of find the combination of movements that work best for you and let you do it faster. Now there is a couple special or specific ways to knit that can also be faster. And this is where the YouTube videos come in. Stephanie Pearl McPhee, the yarn harlot, she uses, I think it's called Irish cottage knitting. And she often, with straight needles, I think sticks one of the straight needles basically under her armpit and uses her hands to move the right hand needle and the yarn. So she's basically only moving one needle and her left hand is free to move the yarn. So she can knit quite fast using that. And then with DPNs, I know there's a video of her knitting where someone has slowed down the video so you can actually see how she does it. And it's quite amazing to watch. And it's something you have to see. I can't describe it other than using a stationary needle for things like the straight needles. That gives you a little more speed. So I'll find a few videos that show you how people who knit really fast do it. Because like I said, it's really hard to actually describe it in a legible sort of way. So we hope that helped. Finally, want to give a heads up and a shout out. If you are thinking, you know what, gee, I could use some roving or some yarn to make some Christmas stuff or to buy as Christmas gifts or heck, I just want more because <laughs> we're people do that. We want more. Yeah. Or ooh, pretty. Or pretty. Want. Ooh, pretty. Well, guess what? CJ Kopeck of CJ Kopeck Creations has a special going on right now where there is no shipping cost within the United States or Canada. Which is big. Which is a big deal. Because usually places that offer free shipping only in the States only offer it to the States. So, you know what? This is a really good opportunity to score some yarn or some bats or some roving because she has beautiful colors. I have bought from CJ in the past and given them out as Christmas presents, and everybody who has spun with her stuff has been very, very happy with it. Yeah, I have some stuff that you gave me for Christmas a couple years ago. I have not spun it yet because I have been... It's really nice stuff, (laughs) and I want to get to a certain level because if I don't and I spin it not the way that I really want it, I will always look at it and be like, damn it, I should have waited. And she is on Etsy, and if you can either go to Etsy and just search for her, CJ Copet Creations, or we'll also link her in the show notes. She does do special orders, so if you see something, just a color that you're inspired by, and you want a set of sock yarn or batting or roving in that color, just ask her. I've done this myself. And she will work with you to make something to fulfill your needs. I think I'll be buying some sock yarn soon. And she does have gorgeous stuff. She does. I've knit with her sock yarn before and it's 
fantastic freaking stuff. Every once in a while, I just go into that that bag of stuff that you gave me, and I just fondle it. And it's like, oh, squish, 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 squish. It's like a big fluffy pillow. Okay, everybody, we has the tired brain meats. Oh god, so, yes. Yeah, and we still have to pack up all of our stuff, and I have to get the Karen home to her own bed so I can sleep. And I'm sure your cat's been wondering what's happened to you. You just wonder where the hell I am. <laughs> so you know what? We hope that the review of the fair was good. If any of you listening, if you guys were at the fair, we hope you had a good time. We hope you got some good swag. Everybody, behave yourselves or don't send us the pictures. And guess what? We have pictures and video from today. Yep. I hopefully, I'm going to try and edit together the video into one video. If I can't, I will post them separately or I'll just post the longest one. Which in, the video does include shots of all the swag that we got. So if you'd like to see all the colors and stuff, you I will actually have video of it. All right, guys. See you later. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening. For show notes or to comment, you can visit our blog at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also email us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com. You can also join in the conversation at our Ravelry group. Just search under groups for knit1geek2. You can also find us on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash knit1geek2. Thanks for listening.